Wolverine. Wolverine. Hello and welcome, wild child, zombies, and plants. Oh my, it's time for the Examination Podcast. The X-Men Podcast for keeping informed on everything going on in and around Krakoa. Sometimes across the world, sometimes across the galaxy. It just depends on the week. I'm Quentin Emler, and this week I'm joined by Dane Rainier. Woo, you're coming out with some energy tonight. I'm glad to have yeah, you Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. And Kelsey Struts. Hello. Well, it's easy to have a, a lot of energy when you have a lot of good books this week. Oh, my gosh. It's about time. Yeah. I know. Multiple. Plural books. Plural books. And I would argue that some of them are pretty good. This was the week I was waiting for, actually. Did it deliver for you, Kelsey, overall? Yeah, Yeah, overall it delivered for me. How about you, Dane? I enjoyed it. I've got some I got some flaws I think we can point out, but that's what we're going to discuss. And that's the podcast. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) No, there is way too much going on. Um, I'm not talking about pandemics or social movements. I'm talking about X-Men. So let's jump. Right into it. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, well, I wasn't here last week, but I will say this. Uh, last week, I believe you guys talked about that Children of the Atom was missing from Solicits. Is that something yeah. you guys discussed? Couldn't find it. Well, it wasn't there. That's why. Um, Newsarama reported in an interview with the editor of the X-Men line of Marvel Comics that... The Newsarama editor, uh, Newsarama had the editor of the X-Men on. He talked about how some books were going to be canceled and not end up coming out as a result of this whole um, COVID crisis that we had. So uh, this was no, uh, Children of the Atom did not come out in any sort of solicit that we have. Technically, it doesn't mean a solicit, but he did confirm that he did not imply Children of the Atom was going to be gone. He said it will be coming out just later than expected. What are your thoughts on that news story? I am unconcerned. I'm surprised. It seemed like the primo book, when they said like some aren't going to be happening, that kind of seemed like the natural one to cut. Well, and it seemed like it had been cut. Right. So it was real easy to assume it. What, what was your thought, Kelsey? Oh, I really didn't have a thought about it. I just read it as, oh, okay, just delayed. Yeah. I mean... It, it meant nothing. Children of the Atom is not something I'm even like excited for. So whether it was canceled or delayed was not not a it wasn't registering on my radar. You know, I was excited by some of the implications of like cloning. If that was a factor, I was hoping these weren't just like other X Men with similar powers, like that just were naturally born. I thought maybe it had some deeper ties with things going on. Oh, but, I'm um, sure it did. I'm sure that's the plan with it. I just. Yeah, maybe they maybe this makes a better book is all I'm saying. Maybe they have time to look at it, do some more to it, uh, you know, add 20 pages and charge me 10 bucks for it, whatever they need to do. Naturally. <laughs> Keep them Krakoan wheels spinning, baby. Yeah, boy. Krakoa um, runs on green, baby. Yeah. Uh, so uh, otherwise, the news, speaking of things that don't come out, New Mutants, this movie, I have been more excited for this movie than I have an X-Men or even Marvel movie in a long time. And I got to say, they decided today that they're sticking with the August 28th release date, even though they're not sure all theaters will be able to show it. Uh, is this exciting to you guys? Will it get you to the theaters or is this a, is this a pipe dream for you guys? It will not get me to the theaters. Um, 
only because I don't really go to theaters all that much. And I am out of town on the 28th anyway. Um, if for some reason there's like a, a, a day that honestly, I don't even know if our local theaters are open. Uh, Forum, I think it's opening in two weeks. Just Is it? Oh, yeah. okay. I, um, but I'll still see it even if I have to, I don't know, do video on demand or something. It's so yeah. funny when Quentin asks, is this something that will get you in the theaters? Because I just, I hear the energy of a non, a non-parental unit. Yeah, like, is this going to be I'm something like, gets you in the theaters? Yeah, like, um, nothing gets me in the theaters. I mean, are well, they paying me to go to this theater? Maybe. I, I, I'm going to be very excited to see it at some point. I just don't foresee getting out of the house to do it. Now, I, now, I, Dave, I would love to see it in theaters. I'll say that. I would love to yeah. see it in theaters. I think I we'll all be it. together that weekend, unless Dane is still going to be scared of the COVID. Not scared. I mean, just respectful. Like, well, like, like, I, I hate this, is it? The COVID doesn't, doesn't do anything at the lake, dude. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, under, a, it's under it's, a protective... It's actually, it's afraid of all the no sleeves. It sees so many guns in one place, and it's it just stays away. There's actually a lot of evidence that argues to the like that supports what you're saying because there were a lot of people at the lake and they didn't get it. Wait, um, that it's afraid of non sleeves. Oh, uh, COVID yeah. hates non sleeves. It hates oh. swim trunks and non sleeves. At a COVID sees a vest and it's just like I'm out of here. Yeah, drink in my hand. Get out. That's right. Um. So I, I'm I'm gonna keep working it, viewers. Don't you worry. We're gonna have a podcast with all three of us because we'll all see in theaters. I'm gonna find a way. Don't you worry. Stay tuned. Wait, True in the theater? It. Oh, live. Go to a live day where nobody's live, there. Live stream from the theater. All right. Um. Also, I'd like to talk about uh the slew of covers we've gotten for Ten of Swords. For those of you who are new or, or don't follow along. Ten of Swords is the first big crossover following House of X. So we've had the Dawn of X launch of titles. They've all felt pretty independent. Ten of Swords appears to be the first unifying uh, event. Dane, which of these covers got you excited? And what do you want to see out of Ten of Swords? I don't know what it's going to be. Like, I don't even know really even where this is going as far as the storyline. So I don't know if what I can say about where I want to see it go. But I think the cover that I thought was really cool was the New Mutants one, where you've got magic running with the the soul sword behind her, and it's like ripping the cover and exposing the panel underneath. It was just a really neat um, and creative. Uh, you know, the art's great on all of them, but I just that one stood out to me as something being really unique. Yeah, um, Kelsey, we were talking about Ten of Swords and and the covers and. What what stood out to you? What 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 is what about those covers? Any of them stand out? What are you most excited about? Oh, honestly, I'm mostly excited just to figure out what's going on with it. Um, the Wolverine one looks cool because it's very Wolverine. Yep, actually, he's got to be stabbed with everything. And then what's the one with the adamantium skeleton? Um, and who's standing over him? Who is that? I, I assume it's, it's one of the new. I think one it's of the one new of the new bad guys. guys. Yeah. Swordbreakers, I think it's what they call them. Oh, oh, they're introducing new kind of characters with it. Oh, there's a yeah, cover I think they're with from like the island. There's that. There's oh, a that the island. Second island. island. Yeah. Um, um. Also, the Marauders cover. It just makes me so happy. I don't know how else to describe it. Well, the Marauders co- cover just. 
feels like an X-Men cover for some reason. I, I don't know. I don't Even though Shuri and Black Panther, Shuri and Black Panther on it. Absolutely detest the cable cover. It just looks horrible. Why do you say that? I think the cable cover looks awesome. What? Cable looks like he's an infant with a tuft of hair. You didn't know he is. Did you read Fallen Angels? <laughs> no, I, I, hate, face. I hate saying this because I feel like it's just piling on more. But I think the worst one is the Excalibur cover. Like, it's just... I don't know. It just feels uninspired to me. You know what I mean? It's, oh, well, this is what you brought me was two people in a sword fight. Yeah, Hellion. Hellion says the cool guys don't look at explosion things yeah. going on. That's pretty neat. So it's it's not anything like creative or like unique to it, but it's it it's got a classic look to it. You're right. Excalibur is just like the most basic one, and right, it's, it's like we have two people and they're fighting. And it, it looks like a panel. It doesn't even look overly detailed to the point oh, that I'm no. like, oh. it, it, it's a horrid cover. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> saying it like it is, Kelsey. Just, just, I, don't have, I don't have time to sugarcoat it for him. Well, we do got time for one last thought on Ten of Swords. It has been hinted that there will be a traitor in the X-Men's miss. I, th- I think we could all say the obvious one would be Apocalypse, right? That's who the obvious one is. We, can so, we call him a traitor? I mean... If, it, well, bear with me, though. If Apocalypse isn't the guy, I'm going to... Like, you could assume he is. But Apocalypse isn't. Who is the most interesting or likely person? Black Tom Cassidy. You think Black Tom? Just because the island? itself. Yeah, I, I can see that. I keep going back to the mystery of who suffocated that soldier that was oh, on the yeah. island when Xavier died. I keep forgetting that happened. And somebody killed him on that island. And the only thing I know is that it wasn't Beast, because we would know what his hand was. blue hand. But, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Colossus. I was wondering if you'd, you'd stick to that. Sure, I think I think he's been strangely around but not involved and he's we've kind of been seeing some stuff about the background where he's been sent off on missions and stuff's been kind of wonky i could see it okay okay i like it maybe the russians the the russians got a hold of him before he went back i think the one for me might be uh hinted at on the new mutants cover and it's cypher i think cypher i think cypher might might be able to talk to the other island might, That's true. Might, might get manipulated. He has a strain. He has the ability to communicate, obviously, in a way that nobody else does. That he has a level of control or involvement that maybe other than Black Tom Cassidy, nobody has. So you look at that cover for New Mutants, and it looks like you know just a sword fight. And I'm wondering if there's more to that than they're letting on. I mean, there kind of has to be, right? Like, why? Why otherwise is magic attacking cypher yeah so that was my thought um unless you guys got any more thoughts on to the swords i'd say we jump into the five six comics we have this week seven maybe it was eight i think we had all the comics all the comics all right so up first we're going to start with the conclusion to one of the first events that we had in Don of X, 
X-Men Fantastic Four. This has been a rocky one for us. Kelsey, did they, they bring it home or did they plummet to the depths with this one? It's, it's rocky in the idea that it's difficult to traverse, but it's mainly just a deep pit of dung. <laughs> Dude, do you want me to really recap this? I mean, I won't lie. No, I no, no. Really, you you I put your Kelsey spin on it. I don't I, think we need a recap. You I, just say how you felt. I forced myself to finish this. Uh, between somehow whatever Dr. Doom's weird plan was, I guess get access um, to Franklin Richards and then somehow get the X-Men to quote unquote kill a mutant on his soil um, and declare war on Liberia somehow. Between that, his ability to apparently manipulate your powers – by like what's Kate Price saying, well, if you can be lighter than air, why can't you just be the opposite? <laughs> You're heavy now. Powers and, then she were all over the place. and then she overpowered it. And then, you know, and then they needed Susan Storm to do Got stuff. Omega level stuff. Yeah. Well, she is. I mean, she's they've, they've kind of like pushed her into being really powerful. With yeah. her abilities, but it just, you know, the only redeeming part of it was the cold, cold treatment of Reed Richards by Professor X at the very oh, end. Oh, man. When you he talk about a flex. And <laughs> fl- yeah, he flexed on him. He just said, I'm removing this from your brain. But in the old days, I would remove the fact that I did this to you. But I want you to remember that I did this to you. Just yeah, like, that that, that's, that was good. Other than that. It is, it, it, and then uh, Val. Uh, what's the girl's name? Valerie, Valerie Richards. Yeah. Valerie Richards still having conversation with Uncle Uncle Doom. Oh, you scam! And, and I'm still, you know, I haven't kept up with Fantastic Four. Why do they call him Uncle? He's not actually Reed's brother. I mean, is it because they, you know, Uncle Ben? Okay, Uncle Uncle Johnny. Yeah, Valerie and Valerie's the one that like she's like the black sheep kind of where she's always in like a little schemey. And I think um, dictators. Okay, Doom Doom and her have always been close. Doom respects her. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, any last thoughts on this issue, Dan? I will say this issue and the whole storyline felt more like an outline. Like it had points that could have been good. You know, yeah. a, a doom scheme, but all the characters just feel a little flat and kind of just archetypal of what they should be. The powers yeah. were all over the place. Like, how is doom controlling them? Why is Sue using telekinesis? Why do we have flying Kate and now like density manipulating Kate going on? The art's good. And I don't know, just the ending of it felt very after school special you know what i mean like okay uh we all were in the wrong and could have done better and that's the lesson that we learn so it wasn't ideal it wasn't for me but part of that like formulaic childishness of it did make that end hit home harder that after you know the saved by the bell after school special we got xavier just being like look i'm in your head i'm taking this and i want you to know that i did it 
Yeah, my thought was before that end, this felt like a children's book, and I was willing to forgive everything. Right. And then, and then all of a sudden, it got real dark. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know what they're going for here. But it's like, where was that? Like, obviously, you're showing us you had the capability to bring that out the whole time, and yeah. everything else was just kind of, you know, milk toast. Yeah. Um. Let's go ahead and move on to the sophomore issue of Hellions. So Hellions number two, it's a dirty dozen team of mutants. Um, I, I was a huge fan of last issue, and this issue did not disappoint either. So the dirty dozen, or the Hellions as they're called, go to a orphanage, um, and the local they talk to the local police. Uh, they call muties, which was a nice touch. Um, they're going to demolish the orphanage, and because a lot of them have dark history with Sinister, and he used this as a cloning facility back in the day. So they're hoping this will rehabilitate them, get them on a positive track. Um, and from the second they embark on their quest, the more reserved team members, Havoc and the watchdog of the group, Psylocke, are just, they have their hands full with this team. A quick scuffle with some police and the psychic uh, manipulation of empath leads to some funny interactions that highlight the comedic value that this team brings to the table. However, Grey Crow does not find this funny and ends up shooting empath in the face and killing him before the issue really even gets started, which is unfortunate because several of the clones that were at that facility are woken up by Madeline Pryor and they begin attacking the Hellions team. They're quickly dismantled and the only remaining members are Psylocke and Wildchild. And with their teammates captured, they're in hiding. But Wildchild smells blood in the water, says he doesn't like Psylocke's leadership, or maybe he's just overcome with the lust of, of uh, the kill and attacks Psylocke. And that's how our issue ends. It was a, a riveting issue for me. I, I loved every second of it. Uh, what did you guys think of this comic? I liked it a lot. Uh, I kind of liked the weird team dynamic. Uh, it is... We'll we'll see how tired it gets with constant the constant true physical infighting. Um, Wild child constantly sniffing out and being absolutely worthless. I mean, the entire issue was worthless. Picks a fight with a cop because of the dog and gets put down by headhunters or or, uh, or gray crow. Uh, then. Empath gets shot in the face, like you said. So he's completely worthless. Um, Nanny humps his leg. Nan- well, that was because of someone else, though. He, 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 yeah, Empath makes Nanny do that. But they did highlight some of the old Marauder's abilities and how they just completely screwed them over. I mean, when they, you know, um, who was it? it took out took out both Nanny and Orphan. I don't um, remember which one. Um, um, I know Harpoon took out uh, took out Gray, Gray or whatever his name was. But oh, like Voltage or whatever. Um, um, I mean, they all got messed up. Like, yeah, yeah. they got they got oh, rough. I also really, I I'd complete completely forgotten about Madeline Pryor's relationship with Havoc, and he just just fell off for it. He's like, yep, yeah, no, I'm gonna walk away with you now. But yep. yeah, I, I know you're obviously evil here. I mean, <laughs> the way Man, are you as concerned about the comedic elements going a little too far, or how'd you feel about it? I am. Uh, so here's what I'll say about Hellions and what it, it's become so far. 
it knows what it is and it's leaning into it. And surprisingly somehow for an, you know, a slate of X titles that has like 20 books at this point, I swear it, it's not stepping on any toes. It fills a niche that nothing else is. I just wonder if it can be something more though, because right now to me, it just feels like it's moody emo havoc and tiny blips of character, like jokes out of these, this crew. And I know that we're pulling from already existing characters, but they're all pretty obscure in the X-Men lore. And I feel like maybe it might be too much that we needed some more established pieces because right now it just feels like there's so there's too much to explore at one time. And it's maybe getting lost and we're only getting surface level comedy out of it. And I, I hope for a little bit more for a team of kind of tortured heroes in a way. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think I think it might have some flaws. I I actually enjoyed all of it. I don't think I've had too much of it. I think the break stopped any chance of me thinking it was too much. But I I do think your concerns for the future are valid. Yeah, it's only it two issues. Find its voice. It's only two um, issues. So I mean, it it may very well just be you know setting itself up and getting its feet underneath it. I mean, at this point, if it were me, I'd put it in my top three books with probably Marauders and X Force. So I. I don't know. I think I think it's a solid book, but um, those concerns are definitely valid. We're going to move right along with New Mutants number 11, which is going to close up an arc we've had for a while and hopefully lead us into Ten of Swords here in the future. What happened in New Mutants 11? So the New Mutants team finally resolves this nightmare sphere by giving the mutant at the center of all of it some good dreams. The Cremelian government, however, is eager to end the mutant threat through gunfire, but magic appears at the last moment, whisking everyone away back to Krakoa. On the island, the team deals with the aftermath of their time spent in the sphere, including Armor having seen a dream of her family, and Mirage tasks Manin and Manon with watching over this dream-based mutant, and the team discusses dealing with the looming threat that is the Docs website. Yes, solid uh, play-by-play. I, I liked it. I um, I did not realize that that poor girl actually looked like that. I know. Um, when I thought it was just an effect of her power, and it Dream was just state, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, that she's going to have a rough go of it. <laughs> so I was wondering at one point why they were having Boom Boom translate when Cipher was there. Like, hey, Boom Boom, do you understand what they're saying? It's like, you know, there's a guy there who can understand what anyone's saying at any time. They did mention earliest thing. They did mention that everyone that was in the sphere was pretty tapped out. That it kind of put a big drain on them. And I guess Boom Boom just speaks Russian. I guess so. So if there's an obscure reference you can pull out, you do pull it out, (laughs) right? I guess. uh, Do you remember back in New Mutants Volume Two Thirty Six when she learned that? Yeah, and that was a good issue. So if you could stop being sarcastic <laughs> about it, we would all appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I thought this was a strong issue. Um, New Mutants, it, it's in a weird place where it is pretty strong, but I think not as it doesn't have the cinematic quality that it had back in the day. Whenever they had that core team, so I yeah. I can't decide whether I like this book as much or not. But, I mean, that's a good problem to have. Two good books, and I'm arguing over which one's better. 
I like the direction they've taken. I enjoy that they are resolving issues while also bringing a new issue up and then seemingly setting themselves on that path to tackle it. Like there is no question of something coming up 30 issues later. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess that happened. No, it's like, okay, we've dealt with this. This has happened for one or two issues. They've teased at it, but now we're going to tackle it. You know, I, yeah. I, I like the direction it's gone and and I've enjoyed I've enjoyed these mutants more than probably some of the other teams for the most part. Yeah, I think it has a quality where I like the three issue kind of uh, storylines they've been having where you don't have to read 10 issues like some of them. You don't feel like you're going anywhere. And you also don't have to like read one issue like X-Men was a little guilty of at the beginning where you'd read one issue and then then you'd abandon that storyline and it felt all disjointed. X-Men's all over the place. It's got great hooks and setups but it's it's just leaving them all out there you know baited for somebody to take where you are right new mutants does have it is something different and unique in this dawn of x where it's like you get your stories in little three issue chunks i think yeah you i think we might need to see these teams break up into smaller groups because it's a lot and you don't get to see people shine as especially when they have similar uniforms it's like a blonde it's like is this Bam Bam or Boom Boom or which blonde? <laughs> it's Flintstones. But yeah, yeah. no, I just which blonde think, superhero is this? There, there's a lot of good characters here, and I think just to give them the time that they deserve, you kind of need to split these teams up. Or maybe, I mean, maybe they had it right with the first run of this. As much as we complained about going back and forth, having the same book with you know different storylines and teams going on. Yeah, Um, uh, another solid issue. I think we all agree on that one. So uh, moving forward, we are going to jump into a let's do. Actually, I'm pretty excited for this one. Let's do Wolverine Wolverine. We're going to jump into Wolverine. So I was trying to decide whether we wanted to do the I felt the strongest issue kind of of the week or if I wanted to do the event kind of issue. So let's go Wolverine. Wolverine, um, well, I don't think it was the strongest issue. Uh, it was good. Uh, it gives a almost solo version of X-Force. Less about the team, more like the private detective version of it. You know, um, it's carrying on from the Pale Girl arc that they've been going on, which is it has to do with the Krakoan petals, kind of synthetic they're making synthetic ones, if I recall. Or they've got their own that they're growing. It's so they can make their own black market drugs, basically. And they're trying to get to the bottom of it, Wolverine specifically, with the help of CIA agent Bannister. Uh, if you recall, in the previous issue, Wolverine had killed his own team after being controlled by the Pale Girl. So we saw at the end of that previous issue, him also being controlled by the Pale Girl and driving a boat. Well, the Marauder ship, the Marauder. Isn't that what they call it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, lo and behold, it's a ruse. He has been planning this this whole time. After finding it out, he has gone to enlist the helps of Quentin Quire, who he convinced through the use of exploit or by exploiting, uh, you know, his interest in the coups. And so they, so Quentin Quire decided he would 
basically psychically make himself Wolverine and then be able to block the pale girl, but not let her know. Well, Wolverine deceptively got Magneto drunk, which we can talk about later as far as <laughs> an absolutely oddity in this just, it just seemed out of character. Anyway, seals the helmet, which, you know, can protect his brain. Why they don't make more of that. Um, and also puts the rest of the Marauders in the psychically shielded bowels of the ship, which why they all couldn't just have helmets then made of the same material. I'm not sure. Proceeds to trick the pale girl when they attack a Russian floating saucer. It's like an island death star. Yeah. The island death star, which they are using to expand Russian-ness. That's what needs to do. And maybe maybe a drug cartel? I mean, they don't really say like what the upside is for that. And if any of them were mutants or they're hiding from being mutants, really not – you know, now, now the more I'm reviewing this, the more I dislike this one. Well, the reason why I said I thought you were really strong on it. I was at first, and I like Bannister and Wolverine's relationship. Banter and yeah. I like their relationship. I like the idea of it more uh, than yeah. I actually like well, that. And he goes after the pale girl and is unable to capture her. Um, you know, it, it... You think maybe this one got a little hurt the same way that some of the other books have about, like, it being so long since the last story arc that it's like, I don't remember no, what her deal is. No, I don't think was. it's that. I think it's some of the weird ways they use to justify things. Like, okay... Wolverine's protect his brain so he doesn't kill the rest of the team. Storm's there. Take her brain. I'm pretty sure she can kill a lot the of Omega. that. The Omega. Yeah. Well, or, or you know, you, you, let's say you, you can't get Quentin Quire. He's too, he's too good. You know, you can't get into his brain. Okay, fine. But still, there were enough people there you really could have dealt with them, I think. I mean, <laughs> it just and – again, And again, McNeil getting drunk. And passing out. That, yeah. Not, not like not like I'm sitting here with my fine wine and lording over people. No. I'm getting sloppy bar drunk. Like, and talking about being friends. Yeah. It, here's what I'll say. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it is fair to say the gap hurt it because this is the twist of the mission before. And when it's been, you know, eight weeks since we've remembered what that was i think that does hurt it but i i 100 agree with kelsey there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make any sense like yeah a little the, all the, over the place he's he's absolutely right the first thing when i read the magneto scene it was fun but it just doesn't feel right like i just can never see that coming out of eric and then it's like what was the plan like choir was wolverine but wolverine needed the helmet but he only brought the one like why would he's right why wouldn't you take over storm's brain and just fry everybody and then like the island jets away but it leaves the top it's like that's kind of a i don't know there was just a lot about it that just is kind of like i get the concept of all right you know the guy that always goes in with no plan has a plan and that's kind of a cool twist but it just didn't make sense how they got there yeah i'm with you um so a pretty mixed uh, reception, some fun character interactions, uh, included a lot of mutants, which you like to see. 
Uh, and definitely a fun play on how Wolverine typically handles the mission. But we hope to see a little more uh, down-to-earth storytelling next time. Um, let's go the opposite direction. Let's go big crossover. Let's go uh, Empire X-Men number one. What happened in Empire X-Men number one? So the Scarlet Witch is on a quest to atone for her sins of no more mutants. And she's decided to do that. She's going to resurrect all the mutants that perished at Genosha. Then we find out an alien army of plant people sets down on Genosha, but they're quickly overrun by a horde of mutant zombies. Meanwhile, Angel and Monet conduct some official X-Corps business before heading to Genosha with Magic and Multiple Man to check on the Krakoan gate that's there. But they quickly encounter the Plants vs. Zombie fight before Horticulture makes the return, capping off our issue. Yes! What a surprise inclusion at the end, if it wasn't wild enough. What a payoff. We've been waiting like six months for that. I love that. I love the Empire X-Men issue is what you guys think does it was it good yeah yes it was good i thought it was an enjoyable read i mean it looks like they're setting something up i failed to read the original empire one that you know was out like two weeks ago or whatever so i don't i'm guessing it has to do with more space stuff yeah the plant people are definitely from empire but yeah. the zombies seem to be just a Krakoan X-Men Scarlet Witch story. Yeah, which that 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 could be interesting, especially since, I mean, she just raised the dead and apparently zombies, zombie mutants still keep their powers. So it kind of feels like I've been playing a lot of Mortal Kombat 11 and there's a lot of like BS storytelling that they'll like they they'll like put something in Mortal Kombat 2 and then all of a sudden it'll be the main plot of Mortal Kombat 11 like <laughs> out of nowhere and it feels like this Scarlet Witch thing is like this could just be part of this Empire crossover but it could also be a really big thing where not only did she fail to bring mutants back but she created a zombie armada of them on this island like yeah. I thought it was interesting to say the least at a certain point, like, just, a certain point did they just snuff her out <laughs> like how many mistakes do you get it's like okay you you caused a really big problem before now you're causing another problem maybe maybe you take a seat back and and you are right so to measure because i do like to look at events and measure it by saying like what's different at the end than it was at the beginning like what has changed in the universe for these characters and a massive horde of x-men zombies is pretty big yeah, yeah. but like the other thing is is you're right about like how many mistakes do we give Wanda, especially considering she makes like mistakes. Oh, oh, huge catastrophic ones. But what's the payoff? Even if this goes perfectly, what does she do? She resurrects a bunch of mutants right after mutants have gained the ability to resurrect themselves. It's like, that's a fair point. It's like, we figured this out already, Wanda, I guess again, maybe with the timing of when this happens, it's possible Wanda isn't, aware that the mutants are capable of doing that of resurrection yeah they're probably playing that pretty close to the chest yeah we know xavier hit it that it was back when he died that it was he didn't want people really knowing that but yeah it's like her gift to them is a kind of a present they already got i i also really enjoyed um oh uh, horticulture coming back 
Yeah, it was so out of left field. I loved it. They just popped through. It's like, yeah, we know exactly what's going on. And, you know, it was nice of them to bring it back up because you're wondering what they were doing with the gates before. And, and like, oh, they're getting some type of control in here. Something's happening here. Finally a payout for one of these and I just, I like one of these it, seeds that were planted earlier. Oh, <laughs> I like how they just completely ruin anyone they come in contact with. Like just the goo gun just blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they can't stop the goo gun. You're the most powerful fighting force in the known universe. It's like goo gun, some elderly women gotcha. Yeah. All of them. I mean, she's just like, yeah, Mira, I got you. There was some good... I got you now, fool. There were some good comedic moments in this, too. You know, like, horticulture, obviously, has always has its own... Kind of writes its own jokes. But, uh, Kelsey, what do you think of the Groundskeeper Willie reference? Oh, my gosh. It was great. Getting a Simpsons reference out of there? That's yes. fantastic. That and was then good. I loved, I loved the one where Magneto was like, you can take one more person. And yeah. It's like, all right, we'll take Jamie Madrix. It's like such a toddler move. I'm the you, hero. You can have one wish. I wish for all of them. I want all the wishes. Loophole. Loophole. Um, a strong issue. I love the whole thing was a giant plants for zombies joke. Like that's literally the whole yes. thing. Oh, that, like, yeah, that was great too. It felt I cheesy at first, but as it went, I was like, okay. No, but this is a true compliment because thematically like it, it fits with an empire but it doesn't feel like i i it worked in the way that i didn't really need to read any of empire to have fun with this issue and i i think yeah. that's a huge compliment to what they did with it 100 percent. it is i i mean i'm sure you get more out of it knowing more of what's going on in empire but all you really need to know it seems like is there's some there's some plant aliens invading yep and how do, the X, how do the x-men fit into that mutant zombies um, great issue. Uh, I think that wraps it up for comics this week. If I got it right, Whew. I think we got them all. I think we I think did. We got them all. But we're not done yet, though, boys, because we got to go to the danger room. Da-na-na-na. Yeah, boys. Da-na-na. I can stop adding the sound clip. Kelsey's got us covered. Yeah, oh, boy. Add in. I just thought I was just saying it every time. You're better. Don't don't let them take you down. So this week, we're going to see what we can do, man. Let's, let's do this thing. All right. 20 questions. Yes or no. Starting now. Is it a character? Yes. Is it a man? Yes. Is it a mutant? No. Is it a human? No. Are they a hero? Yes. Are they high-powered? Yes. I suspect, based off of the way Quinn said that, they are very high-powered, but... Uh, is this character... I'm not a- saying he has the same 
group of powers that Apocalypse does, where he's got the standard robot array, but he's got some powers. Standard robot array. Okay, well, so he's not that powerful. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, he, he has more than that. All right, it, go ahead. Is this character closely associated with the X-Men? Not at all. Uh, is this kind of character be found on the team, the Annihilators? No. Okay. Get very specific for question eight. Well, knocked out a couple, couple high-powered aliens, basically. I was about to ask if they're an alien, but I guess if they're not a human or a mutant. Um, can this person manipulate reality? Um, Ooh, a maybe. I'm going to say no. Okay. You're a good guy, right? We established that. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Um, well, never well, you said yes before. <laughs> okay. Um, is this character associated with a galactic empire? No, and that is 10 questions. So it takes out anyone from the Shi'ar, the Kree, the Skrull, yeah. the Badoon, or whatever they're called. Is this a character associated with space or the cosmos? No. No. Is this character associated with the planet Earth? Yes. Non-human. Maybe you should ask if it's an alien. I feel like we've used so many questions on a non-galactic, you know, organization and non-space related. Did we, did we say if they're a human or not? They're not a human, right? Has this person ever been on the I Avengers? Said, I said no. Okay, no, not a human. No, they're, they're not a human. Right. Has this person ever been on the Avengers? Um. Yes, but not a core team. Is this um, is this hero a pet of some form? No. Okay. What's that? Well, I didn't know if he was going into like the team that's like Lockjaw and all the and like you know Frog Thor. <laughs> yeah, all those. Lockheed. Yes. We're back to dupe. No, he can't do dupe again. <laughs> he's kind of a pet. He's not an X-Men, though. Can this character fly? No. Like I said, not the standard robot array. Thank you. Powerful. Not closely associated with X-Men. Not in the, he's on an Avenger team. Not human. Not human. Not related to the X-Men in any way. Non-pet, non-annihilator. Is he closely related or, or related with a um, specific city? Before we go any farther, I want to remind you. Like I, you did ask about Avengers, I said not on a specific Avengers team. Specific you, team. It's it's a man, but not a human. Correct. Okay, just wanted to emphasize, like make sure that you guys remember those before you go further. So, what's your next question again? Um. Are they associated with a specific city? Uh, like, no. Okay, so they're not like one of those New York types. No, no. All right, Kelsey, we are getting down to it. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah I'm just not sure you guys are going to figure this thing out. It's tough. This is a tough one. It's a man, but not a human. Is the character robotic? No. They don't have the standard robot array. <laughs> Maybe it was a robot that doesn't have the standard robot array. And that brings us 17 questions, boys. So it means we have two more and a guess. Okay. Hero. Non-human. But a man. Okay. Don't take this the wrong way. Is this hero black? That's the wrong way. <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm... <laughs> Is this your no? I, I would not describe this character as black. Although, <laughs> hold on, I gotta look up something. What? Me. What do you mean you, you gotta, gotta look, look this up? No Kelsey, one look anything. Up. The way Kelsey phrased that seems so stupid, and now you're <laughs> giving it credence. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> no, not black. Did you really <laughs> have to look that up? Yeah. Huh. I guess Quentin's right. He really doesn't see color. Is the team the person has been on the Young Avengers? No. Okay. That was my last attempt. I'll, I'll tell you that you got one last guess. And the comic that inspired this the most was the Empire X-Men one. Ooh, you even gave us a big freebie, I feel like. Give you like 45 seconds to deliberate. Kelsey, what do you think? I don't think anything. I have no idea. So some ties. They talk about Wakanda. It's on Genosha. But I don't know what it is. It's more thematic in nature than literal, too. So it's no literal. Like, a, like a zombie? What zombies are there? What, what undead? Yeah. It's not Groot because he is not primarily an Earth-based thing i got nothing yeah i got uh, um uh man all right making his appearance in savage tales number one he's a member of the thunderbolts the avengers of the supernatural uh his partner is howard the duck it is a man thing man thing Man, I okay i see what you're going for the theme i don't think we were ever getting a man thing no well I remember playing. Somebody had him on clicks. One of one of you guys had him. Probably Max. (laughs) Was he good? Was he overpowered? That's how you know. He was in Jordan. Actually, it's Jordan because he was in his shitty sorcerer click. (laughs) He had a shitty sorcerer. He had a team team, and he needed man thing for it. Yeah, swamp monster. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's plantish. Yeah, I see the idea. Yeah, Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was. I guardianship. Well, and then I had to look up the human that turned into the the monster thing, and I was like, "Was he, he was black? He was a doctor." Yeah, but I think anyway, you could have given us another twenty questions. We weren't going there. Apparently, there's a 2005 <laughs> film called Man Thing. I, I tried to work in the words, "Man, you guys are going to figure this thing out a lot." And I, I wondered if you were giving us some kind of a hint at any point, but that's pretty. <laughs> That's Dude, pretty broad. I, man. I forget about Man Thing even existing. Yeah, man, and, and I always second, thought it was like a cheap Swamp Thing ripoff, but I, I am probably ignorant, and some nerd's going to be like, "Oh, uh, Swamp Thing came out after Man Thing." 
Well, let's By the find way, out. I also like that Kelsey's second question was, was it a man? And you got to be like, yes, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? R.L. Stein. It's his comic debut. He did a Man-Thing miniseries. Wait, what? R.L. Stein in 2017 did a Man-Thing miniseries. Man-Thing <laughs> is a ripoff of Man-Thing only by a couple months. May 1971 is his first appearance, Man-Thing. July 1971 is Swamp Things. Wow. Thieves. Seems I'm like sure they're different. I'm swamp, sure there's some way they're different. Swamp-based biped monsters was really big that year. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Who knew? Vergonus, Vergonus Koth. This is notable alias, by the way. Oh, good to know. Yeah. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up our episode this week. I hope next week our uh, friends will survive the danger room, or maybe I can get one of you guys. Maybe I'll maybe I'll step out of the driver's seat. I've Ooh. talked a lot of smack. Maybe I'll let one of you guys take over the danger room and see if they can they can stump me. All right. Until next time, see you, true believers. Later. Take care. Hello, fellow danger room survivors. This is Dane. Thanking you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to invite you to join the examination community by checking us out at our website and Twitter. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast and get your suggestions for questions of the week and Marvel 20 questions. You can find us at examination.blogspot.com and on Twitter at examination. That's E-X-A-M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N.blogspot.com and at examination spelled the same way. While you're at it, help us grow the community by giving us an Omega Level review wherever you listen to the podcast. See you next week.